Hello, and welcome to a new episode of our MBSE podcast. This time, we talk about geometry modeling with SysmLV2. And well, this time we don't have a guest. Uh, I had some technical questions for Christian about modeling geometries. And well, I must admit that I am not an expert in geometry modeling. And then we thought, well, let's make it a podcast and make our conversation public. So here we are. And the modeling geometry is part of MBSE. So we will discuss why and how in this podcast. Christian, why are you familiar with geometry modeling? Did you study it? Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, no, I'm not a mechanical engineer, but uh, while my studies at the university, uh, I took a course on uh, CAD modeling and uh, it was Unigraphics version 8.5. Nowadays, it's called Siemens NX. NX. And um, yeah, this was my first touch point. Afterwards, yeah, I was at a institute which was handling much of PLM and yeah, the core or the beginning of any PDM or PLM system is managing geometry. And so, yeah, you get in touch with it. You don't have a chance to run. <laughs> so, well, if you then if you study mechanical engineering, you typically learn geometry modeling in more detail, right? Yes, yes. Uh, regularly, yes. Uh, I still know universities in Germany who are, yeah, yeah, who's who are very in favor to do two D drawings by hand and yeah if you want you can make a CAD course but yeah most of the universities especially if you look worldwide then any mechanical engineer learns at least one CAD tool yeah okay so okay let's start with the basic you already mentioned CAD so and 2D modeling 3D modeling maybe there's also 1D modeling I don't know uh <laughs> so uh, what is it? What is CAD and so forth? Yeah, so CAD basically stands for Computer Aided Design. And um, yeah, it's the computer supported drawing like pe uh, people did or mechanical engineers did uh, in former times on a big board in 2D with lines of different thickness and, and so on. Uh, you still might remember or have seen these old pictures where many uh, hundreds of mechanical engineers are in one big hall and everybody has a big board in front of him yeah and that's uh that's i don't know 20 no, 40 years ago um i would say cid came into the game and um yeah, but the the MBSE for for mechanical engineers, right? So they they shift yes, from absolutely. boards to CAD, and we systems engineers shift from documents to models. Absolutely, and it's absolutely the same discussion. Um, <laughs> uh, I I didn't have because I'm too young for that. But uh, my former boss Martin Eigner, he told me he had in the beginning of the nineties the same discussion as we have now with MBSE, he had with CAD, where people said, oh, we don't need that. We have our boards. It's everything fine. It worked the last 20, 40, 50, 100 years. Um, <laughs> we don't need CAD. And this is exactly the same discussion we have now with MBSE by trying to convince people why it makes sense 
not to use documents, why it makes sense to use a system model, which is mm -hmm. in the first step more effort. But uh, later on, you have the big, big advantages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, definitely. So, <laughs> but, so yeah, what are the, the basic facts uh, in CAD modeling? Yeah, so um, if you never used a CAD model, you have to imagine that yeah you're doing basic geometry in the in the beginning and uh, usually you are starting with a 2d sketch um, that means you draw a circle or a square or a combination of lines and 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 circles and so on and you do a flat 2d sketch and afterwards, mm -hmm. uh, you bring it into the third dimension. Oh, okay. um, but uh, before sketches, you can... I, I can also draw 2D sketches with PowerPoint very well. <laughs> Correct. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's called PowerPoint engineering. And <laughs> 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 No, but uh, of course, uh, it's, um, it, it, it's not the same, but it's, uh, it's similar what you can do mm -hmm. in, in, in PowerPoint when you uh use different uh surfaces or different forms and uh, you you have also these pool operations in in powerpoint where you can combine a square with a um with a circle for example um or yeah something like this but mm -hmm. the real interesting thing in cid is that you have very often constraints that you say, okay, this edge and the other edge, they have to be parallel or a certain edge has to be, has to have tangentiality to a circle or you have a different uh, or a special angle between the two things. So these are the constraints where you set up your 2D sketch at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we can go on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then well, what I cannot do with PowerPoint is to extrude it into the third dimension. Um, Correct. I think so. That's... I have never seen that before. Would would be great, but <laughs> yeah. I think, don't yeah. think it's possible. Uh, but I can do this with CAT. And, and I assume in most cases, CAT modeling is 3D modeling, right? So it's not... Yes or... and no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so um, I would say, it, yeah, the most common thing is to to model in 3D that engineers are modeling in 3D nowadays. But uh, there is also a 2D export afterwards for manufacturing. So manufacturing uh, is still dependent, very often dependent on uh, 2D um, drawings, mm -hmm. um, which are not the same as the 2D sketches, um, but it's uh, similar, it's comparable. Yeah. Okay. So it's like uh, different views on a 3D model. Correct. Yes, these are different views. Um, sometimes isometric, sometimes uh, from an X, Y, and Z uh, plane. Uh, on yeah, on, on this on the different parts. Uh, sometimes you have a cutting plane in between. I don't know if it's the correct word. Sometimes you have to look into a part uh, to see mm -hmm. how it's constructed or how it has to be manufactured. And uh, this leads me to to another thing in CID, which you never have in <laughs> something like PowerPoint. Uh, it's the 
cat features uh, which are coming into the play where you mm -hmm. say okay i have yeah, an easy shape a cone or whatever i extruded from my 2d sketch and now i need a drilling or i have two surfaces which are in a 90 degree angle and you need a fillet um so a rounding a rounding edge a rounded edge between those uh or you need a pocket a pocket is um something which you can imagine like uh yeah it's the same also in uh in in, in working with wood yeah so, uh, there mm -hmm. you have these um oh what's the word english word for um the outer part the no not the outer part <laughs> uh, okay. i'm looking for a word for a machine but uh, it's not a drill it's rotating very very fast and uh, chainsaw no not a chainsaw but okay well, maybe maybe <laughs> I, I will uh, come to that later uh it's yeah these these features are another thing uh, that you definitely need uh, another example which is very common is breaking an edge um, so that you mm -hmm. don't have sharp edges and you have this 45 degrees angle therefore you don't need another shape or another uh, yeah uh, another geometry uh, which you uh, bring in as a negative uh, geometry to to cut this edge from uh, yeah from a box or something this these are classic cat features okay can I also run simulations in a CAD tool so that demonstrates or simulates how mechanical parts fits together and how they work together? Uh, yes, fitting and working together are two different things uh, in ah. CAD. <laughs> so um, yes, there are tools like uh, Siemens NX. Uh, they have uh, an option to um, simulate kinematics. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, this is possible. I also know it from, I think Katia has it also. I, I can't imagine that they don't have uh, have this. Um, yeah, you can you can simulate this, but this is yeah quite special. Um, okay. The other thing you mentioned is um, the fitting, and uh, these mm -hmm. are also constraints between different parts. So sometimes you want to achieve that. Uh, the centers of the circles are the same and two surfaces are flat on each other or something and then touch each, each other um these are also constraints but in the third dimension mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think we will talk about this later when we come to uh, coordinate systems mm -hmm. yeah so well now this is all about mechanical engineering and why is it important for the systems engineer? Yeah, that's a very good question. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say some of the geometry is already yeah, constrained by, uh, let's say, um, requirements. Yeah? So mm -hmm. the big problem in the past was that uh, yeah you had your requirements and you did your specification and then the single engineering discipline started to uh, to model in their own tools and their own languages uh, and whatnot 
And um, yeah, why not taking this knowledge that you have a constraint that something has a certain weight, a maximum weight or a maximum yeah, diameter or length or anything, which is already stated in a textual requirement, why not modeling it in a yeah in a constraint and reusing this constraint in your CID tool later on? Mm -hmm. So, but, but when the systems engineer should know a bit about uh, geometry modeling and CAT tools, uh, should a systems engineer also know something about software engineering or electrical engineering or any other mm. engineering discipline? Is it the same? Uh, I would say it's helpful to be mm -hmm. uh, T-shaped, uh, to have some knowledge in any major engineering discipline. Uh, I think that's very helpful for systems engineers in general. And I think that most systems engineers, especially those who are practicing systems engineering for decades, they have a certain profession. You know? they have a mm -hmm. They're coming from one engineering discipline where they are specialists, and then they became generalists afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe a special thing about mechanical engineering is it's 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 about the space, no? and, and we cannot ignore the space in systems engineering. Maybe we can yeah. ignore the electricity a bit in systems engineering, mm -hmm. uh, but not the space. No? It's, uh, space and time is, is important on the system level as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So well, in system LV one, um, there was no option to model geometry. Well, of course, you could define properties uh, and store length and width and, and all the stuff mm -hmm. um, in the in the model if you like but it was not explicitly supported um and now system v2 provides model elements for geometry modeling um can i use now system v2 for cat now and ignore nx and katia <laughs> uh, i don't think so uh <laughs> i wouldn't say that you can ignore it uh, but um <laughs> It might be very interesting in the future to see if the single cat vendors are implementing SysML v2 um, uh, integrations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there was a very nice um, presentation from Hans-Peter de Koning in June of last year, uh, where he showed with FreeCAT how to um, connect uh, SysML, a SysML v2 model with uh, geometry, with generation, with, with the automatic generation of geometry um, in a, yeah, in FreeCAD, which is a free CAD tool. And mm -hmm. uh, I did a similar thing with um, Marvin Manuri from Fraunhofer IPK, IPK, IPK in Berlin. And we wrote mm -hmm. a paper for the next uh, TDSE in Germany. And if our paper gets accepted, we can uh, offer you another example and some sample code how to integrate um, yeah, a SysML v2 model into a CAT tool. And what we did, uh, and I think also Hans-Peter did it like this, um, we also used the SysML v2 repository um, oh. to, so, to make this happen. How can I connect? Cat tool with the SysML v2 tool? Is it 
a proprietary interface. So I have to create an adapter between Sysmo v2 and CAT, FreeCAT, for example. If you want to have a direct integration, yes. Uh, if you mm -hmm. want to make it indirectly via the API and services, uh, you could do that on a standard way. And this is what we did. Uh, we we wrote a little um, uh, Python script for, for FreeCAT, which was uh, calling the information from a repository. And of course, you can fill the repository by yeah, any SysML v2 modeling tool. In this case, it was the Jupyter Notebook implementation. Mm -hmm. Cool. So but then I have a SysML v2 model with geometry information, and I have my mm -hmm. CAT model, of course, with geometry information. And how do they play together? Or what is the typical use case? Yeah, the typical well, use. Also, if the mechanical engineer and the systems engineer, no? they also must mm -hmm. collaborate then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have to distinguish two things here. So the one is the the downstream engineering process where um, maybe a systems engineer defines a constraint which might be a parameter like a diameter or a length, a width, um, and uh, the mechanical engineer later on. Uh, directly reuses this value, like nine centimeters of diameter or something. Uh, another really interesting use case for the future, um, from my point of view, might be the way back to say, okay, we now have a highly sophisticated uh, geometry and mm -hmm. the tool, yeah, tra translates it back into, um, into SysML. And uh, then you can afterwards, let's say in a validation process uh, or something like this, um, you can say, yeah, you can take this information and trace it back to the original requirement or to oh. a mm -hmm. system block uh, part, you know, <laughs> or however you want to do that. Trace back then also means that the mechanical engineer can see in in the CAT tool, uh, the the traceability to the system model. So I can uh, that would click be... on an element and then it shows me the requirements behind it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, definitely possible. And uh, that's my dream for a long time uh, mm -hmm. that I have my little window on the right in my CAT tool, which shows me, yeah, let's say, let's take an, a simple RFLP um, approach. Uh, which shows me uh, what function is my part I'm constructing right now? What is it for? And what are the original requirements? And uh, to have a tick box, uh, like saying, okay, I fulfilled this requirement and this and this and this. And mm -hmm. through this way, the mechanical engineer does systems engineering without knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. And without... Exporting and importing the data in the background, it's uh, accessed through the API. You know? So it's absolutely a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I was involved in a research project uh, 10 years ago, long time ago, FAST4M, uh, mm -hmm. so functional architecture for systems for mechanical. And there we tried to push the uh, physical system data to the CAT tool and uh, the other direction. And well, theoretical, it was 
fine, <laughs> but technically uh, on the on the software level, it was uh, too much for our research project. So we mm-hmm. only had a very mm-hmm. rough prototype for it, and <laughs> there was no API, no SysML v2. Um, okay. Well, then let's have a more detailed look on SysMLV2. So what are the geometry capabilities now of SysMLV2? And well, um, our listeners from previous episodes probably know that SysMLV2 is based on kernel, the kernel modeling language, um, which is, uh, well, simply said, a modeling language for modeling languages. No? So you can create modeling languages with kernel. It's a meta-modeling language. <laughs> it's, a, it's a foundation. Uh, and while well, the capability of geometry modeling is already part of Kermel, so it's not specific to SysML, it's part of Kermel. So what can we find in Kermel about geometry modeling? What's in there? Yeah, basically it's uh, yeah the fact that geometry exists in time and space and it's, it occurs, it's an occurrence, and uh, these are uh, basic... Um, yeah, the foundations uh, which are defined in Kermel. And um, you can review this. Uh, we already linked uh, below this episode uh, the link to the uh, SysML v2 pilot implementation. And there you can look up uh, how how it behaves and uh, how things stick together. But it makes totally sense uh, if you... If you imagine that time and space also uh, is important for not only systems engineering, for so many other potential modeling languages which could exist uh, on the on the foundation of kernel. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tim, you are the, the uh, FTF co-lead. Maybe you know even more about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know a bit more about it, but I'm not the FTF uh, co-lead of Kermel, but of SysMLV2. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there are two of FTFs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, I also know Kermel, uh, at least a bit. Um, yeah, there's this occurrence element in Kermel, which is the, the most general classifier of things uh, that have an identity and uh, occurs in time and space. Um, but must not. Of course, you can use occurrence also to model a software thing, data, uh, which does not uh, has uh, space information. That's mm-hmm. it's not a mandatory property of those things. And in um, mm-hmm. but an, an action or a state is also an occurrence. Right? It um, occurs in time, not in space, but in time. And Kermel also defines objects, um, it's just named object. Uh, and an object is um, a structural occurrence. So anything that has a structure. And objects, in addition, also defines already some geometry information. But mainly they're, they're defined there, not in the, in the occurrence element. And basic things like points, uh, surfaces, uh, a body, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But that's Kermel. Um, and now let's switch to SysMLV2. What's there? Yeah, so uh, SysMLV2 uh, goes yeah more into yeah 
in, in, in specific things. So uh, so system LV2 is then, yeah, really, uh, yeah, knows knows about uh, things like a shape, not not just a surface and a body, um, which is very basic, but it mm -hmm. even knows uh, something like uh, shape. It knows uh, that a spatial item or a spatial object, uh, or it's, I think it's it's called space object, structured space object. It might uh, envelop things, envelop other things. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, more specific information, which is uh, of course touching geometry. Yeah. So, an um, enveloping shape is a shape that is around another shape. Correct. So, yeah, a package. If I order something yeah. in the online shop, the package is the enveloping shape, and my product is is in there. Correct, and this was very hard to express in SysML v1, to be honest. Yeah. It was possible, but uh, it's it's crystal clear now if you mm -hmm. describe it like that with a geometry library. Yeah, and in SysML yeah. v1, it was, it was not part of the language. No? Well, of course, I can define a system where we want a block named enveloping shape and uh, add the properties, uh, length, width, height, and, and um, something like that, but it's not part of the language. Yeah. And it's just data in the model. So, but but, but that's the same in system v too. So what's, if I, well, if I model this in a, in a typical system modeling tool, I enter the length width. So it's, it's not a drawing tool or, do we expect that we can draw the geometry in system LV2 modeling tools like we do this in CAT, or do we specify it by numbers? Good question. I think time will tell us. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we really model everything in uh, SysML. Um, it, it would be like uh, programming. Uh, geometry in CAT, which is not really happening. Of course, mm -hmm. you can have macros uh, where you can use different CAT features to automate things. Um, and with all the uh, generative uh, artificial intelligence things, this is even, even something else. Uh, but going back to classic CAT modeling, it, it, it doesn't really happened that a mechanical engineer writes code or uh, uses a um, a domain-specific language. Uh, maybe this happens for special um, special uh, projects or special geometry. Uh, and if you have an example, leave us a comment. It would be very interesting to hear from that. Um, yeah, what, what was the question? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that we really model geometry via SysML v2. Uh, I, I can imagine, yeah, something like these enveloping shapes to define that there is an envelop uh, enveloping shape. Uh, the same is true for bounding shapes for uh, to define something is solid or a void. Um, something mm -hmm. has to touch another uh, one body has to touch another body or must not touch each other 
Mm -hmm. uh, there we are at uh, electrical engineering, <laughs> where sometimes mm -hmm. you don't want that something touches. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this will, time will tell how much people will use it. So in, in the example from Hans-Peter and uh, also what I did with Marvin is, uh, yeah, we, we did this for basic shapes uh, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hans-Peter did even model a, uh, a basic model for a car and uh, a, a drone, uh, so a quadrocopter. And um, if you if you look into this presentation, which is uh, I don't know if it's, it's it's publicly available, but for OMG members it's available uh, definitely. Um, yeah, you see, it's a lot of code in uh, because he did it in the uh, textual notation, mm -hmm. and uh, it's even basic geometry. That's nothing which is. Uh, really used in in, in that way uh, so uh, geometries are much higher sophisticated and if you if you would like to model this uh, no matter if texturally or in a in a graphical way it takes too much time i guess mm -hmm. yeah. but this is uh, this is the interesting thing uh, the way back so to say you have an, an a finished geometry and uh, you translate it back automatically in the model. That could be interesting for yeah, yeah. And then you access the, other... the, the the properties in a constraint or so. No, that the length of this one Correct. must not exceed that one, and, and things like that. Yeah, cool. That was <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, another interesting thing is what what you mentioned the touches no, that. Uh, a thing touches another thing, and in, in Sysmal V2, well, we have space and we have time. So the the touches also consider the time. So that now there is a, mm -hmm. a snapshot in time where this thing touches the other one. Uh, is this also the case in cat modeling that it considers the time aspect? Um, Yes and no. It it uses the time aspect if you are uh, bringing it, uh, bringing the the geometry into simulation. Then you very often have the time constraints or um, yeah the kinematic uh, tryouts I I mentioned before. There you have a kind of time, and then you can see something touches something, and something has. Yeah, certain material, and this is why it, something moves or or doesn't move. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it definitely is in in these ways. Uh, touching is a much bigger effort in uh, not not an effort, a bigger story in uh, CAD. So uh, you have own tools, uh, DMU tools, digital mockup tools, where you can test. If something touches, if something collides, or mm. how much it touches. So, uh, if you imagine yeah. a piston in a motor, and yeah, mm -hmm. it, it it shall move, but it doesn't it does not uh, have to have too much room to um, to lose all the the pressure and uh, the oil and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a whole class of of tools. These DMU things. Okay. Well, interesting. Um, well, in 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 Sysmal V two, 
uh, we have the the model element item and we have parts which was based on item but the geometry stuff is um is at the item element uh, so an item has a shape and have these enveloping shape that you already mentioned has some some functions I can ask if it's solid or not things like that mm -hmm. um and then we have the the library it's a domain library in system v2 it's part of the standard so it's normative uh there's a geometry library there are two sub libraries uh spatial items and shape items so what's what's in there that's a very very good question I looked <laughs> it up uh right some some hours ago and uh the one thing was definitely, I think it was the shapes where you have, uh, yeah, typical basic shapes as, uh, let's say, some kind of uh, of uh, as an example or not an example, but uh, yeah, there's a cylinder, rectangle, yeah, rectangle. cylinder, rectangle, basic geometry, which. Uh, yeah, which is reused very, very often. And you don't have to construct your, um, yeah, your cylinder uh, on your own that you say, oh, it, it's a circle as a base and it has a diameter and it has a height and, and so on. Um, mm -hmm. They are they are already there. You can use mm -hmm. them. These I think the, the... the library also shows that it's, well, it's really sophisticated to define uh, geometry elements with the textual notation. So I hope mm -hmm. that uh, the future system LV2 modeling tools will provide a basic capability uh, to do this, not only with the textual notation, but also graphically. Uh, and system LV2 provides a geometric view. Um, so it's, well, it will be interesting how, how they implement that. Absolutely. Uh, maybe we get some head light uh even in system l tools who knows yes <laughs> um so another thing is uh well, the the other library the the uh the name is spatial items right. um and i think there uh we have also coordinate frames correct so yeah. why is that important yeah the importance comes uh from yeah let's say in the, in the end from the bill of materials so you have different parts uh, you don't have uh so a car is not one geometry it's a combination of many many parts and um they have to touch each other at a certain um at a certain edge or surface and um the problem is that you never know or they, it's reality that these single parts, they have their own um, uh, coordinate system. And if you're combining parts, uh, mm. you take two coordinate systems and you somehow have to rearrange them uh, to, mm -hmm. to give the, the correct end shape. Uh, and uh, therefore you need often need to transform coordinate systems from one to the other or you have to describe how these uh, coordinate systems stand to each other. So these are uh, mainly the the information which comes in the spatial items library. Okay. 
Yeah, so, and if I now would like to test it or play around with it, but well, I can use the pilot implementation, Jupyter uh, Lab, and mm -hmm. well, I can then specialize a rectangle from the library and so forth and play and, and define a car, but I cannot show it, right? So it's, I can just do the texture notation thing, but I have no view on the geometry or uh, verification that it's correct that one thing touches another, or is it already possible mm -hmm. to demonstrate it? Um, I would say it's not but yeah. publicly available. Mm -hmm. So you have to do things on your own. So I, to my knowledge, there is no no public free cat integration, and I never heard that uh, the other major cat systems uh, offered something like this. But maybe you have more information. No, unfortunately not. So and <laughs> maybe that's because the the geometry modeling was more the background because it was not possible mm -hmm. to 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 use it um, yeah. or to really to use it. It was hard to do an example with it. Uh, and then when when you created a system v two model uh, for this, then you could not show it. So it was yeah mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, it was very abstract, and uh, you had to achieve what Hans Peter did and what Marvin did. Uh, that you write your own um, recat integration, which is a desktop tool, so you can't show it like uh, Jupyter Labs, which runs in the cloud. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe a cloud-based CAT system would be interesting, something like Onshape. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, there, were, if somebody is is able to to host this and uh, or PTC hosts it, uh, PTC has bought Onshape uh, a while ago. Um, yeah, I, I found there's a free, sure. cat, free cat plugin for Jupyter Lab. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so maybe it's possible to combine it uh, with the SysML thing and uh, you can uh, use it as a as the cat plugin for SysML v2. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, never heard from that. Really nice. We should try that. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we need a programmer for that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we... we uh... Look for for somebody on the systems engineering Discord server. <laughs> yeah, in this community. Yeah, maybe it's not right. so difficult uh, to to bring these things together. Um, but, but if uh, there's an existing plugin, yeah, that could be absolutely feasible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so well, I think we we covered everything or the, the on a high level. Um, about this geometry modeling in system v two, we cannot demonstrate it, so we cannot show something. Um, maybe in, a, in the future, in a few months, maybe there's something available after your TDSE talk at the conference. Yeah. Um, so, anything else? What we forgot? Or I don't think so. Then we. Cover basic, ba basic information for 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 cat related uh, SysML stuff, and we already talk 50, 40 minutes. So. Oh um, yes! Wow. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's close the session. Um, it's it's summertime, so enjoy your vacation, or maybe you're just before your vacation or so. 
And um, our next topic is um, about the Encosi Symposium 2023, which was uh, one, two, three weeks ago. Um, so, and we will also talk about uh, the Encosi EMEA sector because the EMEA director, Sven Olaf Schulze, will be our guest. Uh, he was also at the Encosi Symposium, of course. So he will report a bit what happens there, the highlights. And we will talk about the EMEA sector of Encosi. And this is scheduled for August 21st. So in around three weeks, or exactly three weeks. Exactly three weeks. <laughs> exactly three weeks. So um, yeah, so I hope we see you there. And finally, do not forget. Trust us, we are systems engineers. Bye-bye. Goodbye.